for us. Amen. Amen. But but are we serious today? That we just gonna at least try. Amen. Amen. We're gonna at least try. Amen. To show God how much we love Him. Amen. I don't know if everybody opened up their mouth, but you gotta confess this thing. Say, I'm gonna try, God. I, I don't always get it right. I don't always get it right. I'm, I got my hand up. I don't always get it right. I don't always do the right thing. I don't always say the right thing. I don't always do it when he want me to do it. But God, I, one thing that I have, I, I have made a commitment to him. I said, at least I'm going to try. And because I try, I keep moving. I'm going to try, try, try. I'm not in the same place that I used to be. I'm going to try, try. I'm not where I used to be because I try, try, try. I don't say what I used to say because I try, 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 try. Come on. Try, try, try. Hey, I'm gonna try, try, try. a confession out of us. He just want a confession that you're going to at least try every day you get up. At least try. You mess up today, but tomorrow if he give you another chance, try again. And when you keep trying, things begin to happen. We, we, we had a young, a, a young girl uh, that uh, when we first started doing gym and at the school and they were shooting the baskets and think maybe she was in I don't know maybe kindergarten and they were shooting the baskets and she couldn't get it up there and she would cry and we say hey come here come here she said don't don't play that again tomorrow we say yeah we're gonna play tomorrow but what we need you to do is try 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 and and every day she would try try and then it'll hit the rim. She try, try, try. Then she make a goal. She try, try, try. That's all God wants us to do. He wants us to try. And if you keep trying, eventually some things will start falling into place in your life. But oftentimes we don't try. And so things don't change. Things don't fall into place because we fail to try. And if you just confess out of your mouth today that, God, I'm going to try. I'm going to try to show you how much I love you because I'm going to try. Because we can't, nothing we can do to really fully prove our love to God. But we can try. We can try. Come on, give God some praise. Amen. And so if you don't, if you get sleepy during the message and you forget everything that is going to be said, remember when you wake up in the morning, I'm going to try, try, try. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We praying you get more, but if you don't get anything else, try, try. Because after 
two years, three years, 20 years, change comes. When you keep trying, 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 hallelujah. Anybody love God on today? Anybody love his son, Jesus Christ? If you love his son, Jesus Christ, make some noise. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm excited on this morning. This is a triumphant month for the believers. Anybody believe that? Come on, give God some praise. Hallelujah. If you ain't never praised him in church before in your whole entire life, this is the month that you got to give your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, some praise. Come on and make some noise for Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're not going to wait till the third Sunday when everybody get all duded up and, 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 and looking good and put on their best, uh, you know, and go get your nice Sunday suit and your nice Sunday. We ain't going to wait till the third Sunday. We're going to give him some praise right now in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Because we already know that he got up. So we can go ahead and praise him now. Hallelujah. Hey. Glory to God. I love the Lord. I make no apologies that I love him. Man, I love him so much. And like I said, I don't love him so much because I got it all together and I got everything all right. I just love him because, man, if anybody knows me, he knows me. But in spite of him knowing everything about me, he still loves me. And said, so, you know, I, I just got to love him. And I, I promise to God, I mean, I gave the world a lot of gusto. And I promise to God, when I gave my life to him, that I'm going to use that same energy, that same tenacity, that same gusto, in serving and promoting him in the name of Jesus. Wherever I go, I'm going to tell somebody about Jesus. Amen. So I give God praise and honor on today. Amen. And I tell you what, even when my husband and I, we, we both found ourselves on the same page and we say, look, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this. I, I, I can't uh, come and smile at you and uh, 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 be all, uh, you know, gracious on Sunday. And then we go home and things are not quite right. I can't live that life. I lived that life when we wasn't saved. Because, see, when we wasn't saved, brother, we'd go in the midst of our friends. And, you know, they thought we had it all going together. You know, we had the nice car and the little kids. And, you know, they seemed to act all right in public. And, you know, we had nice jobs. And, you know, they thought we had nice, you know, we looked all right when we went out in public. So they thought we had it all together. But, brother, when we went behind closed doors, it was a whole different story. And I said, I already lived that life. And if I'm living the life for Jesus. We're not going to play them games anymore. We're going to do what is right in the sight of God. Because one thing we understand, that the eyes of the Lord was in every place. And he was beholding the good and the evil that we did. So we said we made a commitment to God and to one another. If we're going to do this, we're going to do this. 
And we're going to do it to give God praise and to give him glory. And so I stand before you on this morning. It's just, just because we keep trying. It, it don't mean that he don't get on my nerves. It don't mean that I don't get on his nerves. But we have made a commitment to God that we're going to keep trying. In the name of Jesus. And because we keep trying with him, it causes us to love one another. It causes us to, you know, to work it out. Amen. In the name of Jesus. So I love God on this morning and I don't make any apologies for it. I love him so much. And I just thank him, you know, that he's the smartest person that I know. He is the smartest person that I know. And I says, man. He is so awesome because this morning we talked about Jesus and how he could change your life and how the woman was just going to the well, getting something that she needed. And she came in contact with Jesus. And she ended up getting more than she even expected. And so that's why I love him so much. And so we're talking about Jesus this month. And, and the question for us, you can, you can have your seat. I'm going to pray and I'm going to read the word. But I want you to sit down because I don't want you to get tired out. Because, you know, the saints, sometimes y'all, y'all use this scripture all the time that my body is weak but my spirit is able. So I don't want your body to be weak. Amen. I want you to be able to hear uh, what the spirit of the Lord is saying to the church on this morning. But I, I just thank God for this and uh, the thing for this month is who is Jesus we show up Sunday after Sunday but do you ever ask yourself who is he do you really understand who he really is have you ever had a, just a aha moment or a wake up moment and you begin to say man do I really know him has anybody ever questioned you and questioned your salvation to make you ask yourself man Do I really know him? Do I really have it together? Am I really on this right path? Am I really doing the right thing? You ever ask yourself that question? Man, I was in college one, uh, a long, long, long time ago. And somebody came to my door and they asked me, do you know Jesus? Man, I was offended. I said, yeah, I know Jesus. She said, okay, well, if you know him, are you... Do you know you're going to heaven? Then I was a little perplexed. Because I was adamant that I knew him. But then when she started to ask me the second question, I started to have a little doubt. Because even then, I knew that what I was doing and the way that I was living, my mouth said I knew him. But my actions said that I might not be going where I thought I was going. And so these are questions you have to ask yourself. And then you have to find yourself, what you going to do with it? At that point in time, I did absolutely nothing. But tried to convince myself. She don't know what she's talking about, trying to come up in here and tell me that I don't know Jesus, that I might not be going. Elder said this morning, it might not be a good thing to talk to yourself. It might not be wise to try to convince your own self 
with your own thoughts. Might not be a good idea because that wasn't a good idea for me. But I continued to go down that path and live that life. And to one day, I got tired and I found myself at the well. And God began to tell me all about myself. And I was thirsty enough. Sometimes we ain't thirsty enough. But I was thirsty enough because I had already had some of that other water, brother. But he was talking about a water that I would never thirst again. And I said, hmm, what kind of water is that? Because I didn't drink a whole lot of stuff and I still wake up thirsty. That ain't even my message, but... But I drank of the good stuff. You know, I, I can talk about that. Uh, Elder said if somebody come here today and this first time having an encounter with me, they think that, you know, i always been like that. It says, man, oh, man, I wish I could. Oh, yeah. I, I know about drinking stuff that still makes you thirsty. So it wasn't always water either. Amen. I was uh, uh Maybe at one of them weddings where Jesus turned the water into wine and I began to drink more wine than water. Oh, y'all better shut up. Amen. So today we're talking about Jesus and who he is. And as we celebrate the risen Savior, we want to talk about him on today, if that's all right. I don't know why you came, but I would uh, hope that you came to hear something about Jesus And so since you came, and I believe you came to hear about him, uh, we're going to talk about him on this morning. And the Holy Spirit is so awesome because uh, uh, before we even got started, I wanted to tell you that he is the living water. In John 7 and 37 uh, through 39, it talks about uh, that him being the living water. He is the bread of life. John 6 and 35 and 6 and 48 talks about him being the bread of life and how it's so awesome that he assimilates himself to stuff that we need for life. Because it's his desire that we live. And I love him for that. Amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, we bless you. We praise you. We honor you. We thank you, O God, for who you are. We bless you, O God, for the word that you have prepared for us today. And God, and we pray that it will fall on good ground, O God, that it will reap a harvest, O God. O God, and we thank you and we praise you now, O God, that we would hide this very word in our hearts, that we might not sin against you. God, we give you all glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're talking about this today, Jesus, the living example. And every time I, I was thinking about it, I kept hearing this saying, I don't know what uh, cartoon it's from, but it says, follow me, I know the way. And I, I, it's uh, one of the little kid uh, uh, cartoons. And I, I believe the, who is it, uh, Minister Lewis? I know you know. Uh, what, 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 what's the little thing name? It's what? No, 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 no. It ain't. It ain't Madea. It ain't Madea. Ain't Madea. We t- we we don't want. It's not Madea. But it's a uh, it's a cartoon character. It said, "Follow me. I know the way." Uh, it's one of um, who? Yes. And it says, "Follow me. I know the way." And so Jesus wants us to follow him because he knows the way. God sent him down here to be a living example for us, so that we would have an example to follow. And so. 
we're talking about today, Jesus, the living example. So we want to go to John 1, 14 through 18, and I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. It says, so the word became human and made his home amongst us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, This is the one I was talking about when I said, Someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. Verse 16, From his abundance we all have received one gracious blessing after another. 17 says, for the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. 18, no one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us, Jesus, our living example. And so I want to share with you today a few points and we're going home. Jesus is our prototype for right living. If you want to know what right looks like, stop looking to your neighbor. Stop looking at uh, the Joneses. Stop looking at, uh, you know, everybody else. Look to Jesus. He is our example of what right looks like. First Peter 2, 21, 22 says, For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. He never sinned nor ever deceived anyone. So if we want an example, we've, as a Christian, we got to look to him. we got to look to him. And as we see further along that Paul uh, told uh, the disciples, says, hey, follow me as I follow Christ. And so we look to Jesus for our ultimate, our perfect example as a Christian. What should I do? What should I say? Hey, Lord, how should I handle this? Look to Jesus. And God is so gracious and so good that not only has he left the Holy Spirit here to lead us and guide us and to tell us, but he's also uh, 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 left his spirit in us that we are uh, examples unto him so that you would know what right looks like. But in order for you to know if I'm living right, you got to know. what right really looks like we always talk about uh uh uh, the people that um that try to catch you with counterfeit they don't study counterfeit they study the real thing and so when they run across counterfeit they automatically recognize that that's not real and so if we study jesus as our prototype as our ultimate example then when we run across something that we automatically recognize that's not right. We might can't put our finger on it. We might can't drive to the scripture, but something on the inside of us will begin to check us out in our spirit and say, ah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I don't know if that's really the right thing. And so we have to understand that he left us an example 
of what right living looks like. And for the most part, we won't, we won't be offended if somebody said, oh, brother, oh, sister, that might not be right. You might not get offended if you go and check to see what right really looks like. And then you will say to yourself, uh, yeah, they were telling the truth. Lord, have mercy. Help me, Jesus. But what we do, we don't look to the prototype. We look to somebody else that's doing the same thing that's not right. And say, well, they doing it. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Oh, but he's not your example. He is your example. He's our measuring stick. He's our plumb line. Because we can always look good when we measure ourselves by other people. Because I said, oh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good because, you know, sis, she's still doing such and such. She's still doing this. She's still going here. She's still saying this. Oh, and so now I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. But I can't measure myself by you. I measure myself by him. And anytime we measure ourselves by him, we always going to come up short. We're we not going to be able to back away out of that thing, boasting and saying, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty good because, yeah, yeah, I, I about got Jesus now. No, no, no. You're going to come out humble and saying, Lord, have mercy on me. And so we have to stop measuring ourselves by people and measure ourselves by God. So I'm going to give us three points, amen, that will help us. If we really have a desire for Jesus to be our living example, if we really desire to live for him and like him, our first point would be we have to be serious about our relationship with the Father. A lot of us, we're not serious. We're really not serious about our relationship with the Father. We accept Jesus, but we're not serious about our relationship. A lot of us, uh, do our relationship with the Father like we do uh, natural relationships. You know, I just talk about uh, like men and women, you know, how uh, they say, oh, girl, oh, girl, you so, oh, girl, you so fine. I just love you. I love you with all my heart. I, I, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. He sounds serious, don't he? But then... What? You with Sally? I saw, I saw you uh, at lunch with Susie. Then I saw you downtown with Becky. And I picked up your phone one day and you was getting texts text from Kathy. You really ain't serious about me. Because if you was really serious about me, all this communication, all of this FaceTime would be with the one that you're serious about. So we tell God, oh, um, oh God, I love you so much. I'm so, I'm, I, I. But all our FaceTime is with everybody but God. So we ain't really that serious. We ain't really that serious about God. 
would you want to be in a relationship if you only came to see him on Sunday? Man, I tell my husband, you better get somewhere. You know, when uh, we was real young, and I was, I got married when I was 19, right? So, uh, I was younger than that before, you know, and so we was in college. And man, you know, he was gone all day. It was on a Saturday. It's just one day now, one day. He was gone all day. Man, I was hotter than a firecracker. Because we supposed to be serious. And I ain't seen you, nor have I heard from you all day. And so I was mad. I done drafted me a little letter. And I said, if we supposed to be dating, if I'm supposed to be your girl and you supposed to be my, I ought to have some type of contact. I ain't had no cell phones now. But, you know, I had a phone in my room. So if you had some business, you could at least call me before you left. And so I had drafted up me a little letter. And I went to his dorm and I slid it under his door. Because I was mad. Because he's supposed to be serious about me. This relationship was supposed to be serious. And so about an hour or so later, I cracked the door. What do you want? So he said, This is what he said now. I can't prove it, but he said, the reason why, see, you just make me sick. I was trying to surprise you, and can't nobody surprise you because you always want to know everything. So he stuck this little ring box in my door and said, this is why I was gone all day. I was going to give it to you on Valentine's, but since you done wrote me this letter and talking about all this stuff, here you go. Now you're serious, bruh. So you can't just say you're serious. Your actions need to, to show that you're serious. We can't just tell God we're serious about him and our actions don't reflect. When God see us uh, tipping and dipping with everybody else, he's saying, hold on. I thought me and you had a thing going on. How come I don't see you as much? Why you don't talk to me as much as you talk to everybody else? See, don't you understand that God desires a relationship? This ain't no, uh, 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 see, because he didn't want us to have this pagan relationship like the other gods. He didn't want us to to, to uh, serve him like the other people served him, like uh, uh, statues. He wanted a personal relationship. And so we just can't say that we we serious. We got to show him our actions have to show God that we're serious about him. And so we have to be serious. And so see here in Luke 2, 41 through 52, it says, Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth. But Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed that he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple. It says, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions, all who heard him were amazed 
at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why are you uh, done Uh, Why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search for me, he said. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus grew in the wisdom and in stature and in the favor with God and all the people. So now Jesus said, didn't you know I was about my father's business? So he was serious, so serious that he stayed back at the temple to hear what the teachers and the leaders were saying and that his parents went on away, but he was serious about the father. And so he didn't, he was so serious that he didn't even recognize that they had gone on back home. So our lesson in this, it says, like Jesus, we should spend our lives trying to learn more about God and his word. Studying the Bible, prayer, meditation time, worship in the Lord's house, all are important in our spiritual development. If we're serious. And we got this new wave thing going. It's, it's, it ain't really new, but it keeps resurfacing. People say, you don't have to be in the church. You don't have to come to the building to to say you love God. What? It ain't new, but it keeps resurfacing. Because when we don't want to come, we use that as an excuse. But if you really love God, if you're serious about him, because we we not, it's more to it than about us just saying that we're Christians. Y'all know that, right? Y'all understand that? You understand that that's, it's more to us being saved than just being saved, right? We saved because we needed to be saved. But then once we saved, then you get an assignment. And so now it's no longer about me because you already saved, right? I'm already saved. So it's no longer about me, but it's about somebody else. And so we come in here and we huddle up. God is so smart and so awesome. He knew everybody that was going to come. When I pray, I say, God, you already know who's going to show up. We need a word for the people that's going to make their way. And so he already knows who's going to show up. So he say, okay, I got a word. I got a word for y'all today. But, and and I, I, I preached about uh, a long, long time ago about why do you come? You should be coming to hear a word. Because now we already say, right? So now we should be coming and say, man, I got to get to the house because I need a word from God. Because we should have this seriousness about us in our life that if I don't have a word from God, I ain't going to know what to do. I, I'm not going to know what to say. I'm not going to know how to work it out tomorrow when I get to my job if, if I don't have a word from God. And so we come here and we gather because God is smarter than us. And he says, I'm going to prepare a word for you. You know, he didn't put cooked up this good meal. He said, I'm going to prepare it because he knows what you're going to face. He knows what you're going to face. He knows what I'm going to face. So he prepares a word for us, and he pushes it out to us through his servant. And so we come to get a word from God. So it's not about saying that you love God, the reason why you're here. You're here because you're trying to learn 
more about him so that we could be a better example to somebody else. So next time somebody tell you that, say, brother or sister, I'm not questioning your love for God. I'm saying you need to be here if you love others. Because you need to come to get a word to show you and teach you how to live so that somebody else might love him. You understand? Okay, so that's our answer for those that say they ain't got to be here. You don't have to be here. But if you want to hear from God, and, and not saying that you ain't going to hear from God on your own, because, you know, I know the devil will get in y'all head and said I ain't going back there because the pastor said that nobody can't hear from God, not unless they come and somebody tell us. No, you ought to hear. But it ought to be a confirmation. When I speak to you, ain't the first time you ought to hear from God. You ought to hear from God. You should have heard from him already when you was getting up this morning. Do y'all ask him what to put on? Man, I, it'd be hard for me to get dressed in the mornings when I when the Lord don't dress me, cause I'd be like, ooh, what the, ooh, no, this, ain't, oh no, oh no, this show can't work, oh no. But when the Lord say, oh, get that, get that, you remember that blue shirt? Oh yeah, oh man, I'm go. So we ought to be talking to Him because the Bible says that that we ought to always pray. So prayer is just communication with God, and so we, but we gotta be serious. So I want you to know that just showing up here on Sundays doesn't mean that you're serious about your relationship with God. What shows your seriousness about God is what you do when you leave here. We tell the kids at school, showing up at school doesn't tell me that you're serious about your education. It's what you do when you get here and when you go home. If you study, that tells me that you're serious about your education. Just sitting up here in the classroom doesn't prove to me that you're serious. You just came. But good results mean you're serious. So when we get good results out of our lives, don't don't you want to uh, uh, have a testimony? Don't you want to be able to tell somebody, say, man, you know what? I used to do that. And I could not believe how awesome God is that he delivered me. To be a testimony. Our second point is we should get rid of the stumbling blocks. If we are to be a good example of the Lord Jesus in this earth. We first have to be serious about our relationship. And if you're really serious, then you start getting rid of stuff that's causing you not to be serious. Your stumbling blocks. What is it that's hindering you? From reading your word. What is it that causes you to not to be able to come to Bible study? Oh, what is it that causes you not to get up in time to come to Sunday school? What is it? What hinders us? What hinders us not to be able to get up 15 minutes early to pray before we get started in the morning? What is it? Get rid of those stumbling blocks that causes us. To not to show God that we're serious about this relationship. Sometimes it's people. Sometimes it's stuff. We have to get rid of it. 
It says in Matthew 16, 21 and 23, from then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it is necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. But Peter, one of his disciples, he loved Jesus. He was a follower of him. He, but Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me. Satan, you are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. He wasn't calling Peter Satan, but the way Peter was thinking was not of God. That was not the plan that God had for Jesus. Peter and his thinking was a stumbling block. He said, oh, we got to move this out the way. Oh, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> uh-uh. That's not, that's not how the story ends. And sometimes our own thinking is a stumbling block. Sometimes the way other people think is a stumbling block. And we listen to it. I always tell people, I listen to people talk. And I say, oh, I, I call it bad juju. I said, oh, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't been listening to some bad juju because uh, what they saying, it, it, it don't line up with the word of God. You have to be careful that other people's thinking don't become a stumbling block. We do that in the church. Oh, I don't know why they doing that. I don't know why Bishop and Pastor and them. Uh, we, I think we should have done it this way. I believe we ought to do it this way. I, uh, get behind me, Satan. That's not how the story ends. That's not what God has purposed. That's what not God had planned. Sometimes our thinking is a stumbling block because we only see the natural. But God is trying to take us because if we're serious about our relationship with him, he's trying to take us from being the boyfriend or the girlfriend, how I told you with me and my husband, to being engaged. So when we're serious about God, then God is trying to get us from the being the baby to, 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 to be uh, more mature in him. So he's trying to develop the relationship. And so sometimes our thinking is not mature enough for where God is trying to take us, and then we'll allow what we see and what we hear to hinder us. We do it in the church. Because if you say something bad about this brother, I tell you, you know that brother, you know the hat on that black suit on Sunday morning? Yeah, he's sitting up there. Can you believe such, 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 such? Mm-hmm. So, so, so. so now I done mess you up. Because now my thinking is a stumbling block, not only for myself, but for you. So now you done fell off. We wonder, where, where, where am I going? I ain't going up in there because she said that that man that's sitting up in there, he's so, 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 so. So that's what happens 
That's what messes up the church. Because of our thinking is a stumbling block. Stinking thinking. It ain't lined up with the word of God. And so we start running our mouth. We start talking about what we're thinking. Bishop always say, think about what you're thinking about before you say something. And so we have to understand, we have to get rid of the stumbling blocks. It says nothing should come between us and our goal in fulfilling God's mission for our lives. There will be times that people in our lives will distract us from the plan of God and from uh, from our lives it, it have you ever noticed that just when you say man i'm gonna be serious about this thing i'm on i'm 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 on fire for god uh you know turn up you know for jesus and then here you go something uh, i said we squirrels we squirrels because then here we go something will come in our face and then it'll catch our attention and so then god knows that you ain't really serious about me So we have to be careful. Be careful of the stumbling blocks. Be careful of the stumbling blocks. It says we should be focused on God's will. We must get those things and people out of our way which hinder us from being all we can be from God for God. Folks and stuff will mess you up. Take your focus. Won't allow you to uh, be serious about your relationship with Christ. And we need to focus on heaven. Do we focus on heaven? We say we do, right? But do we really focus on heaven? Because if we really focus on heaven, our actions would follow. Do we really take heaven serious? Do do we think that there is a life after this. But sometimes I think we're young and we in life and we're doing our thing and we got it going on. We uh, living our best life. That's the new. We living our best life. I said, you ain't live no best life if you ain't in Jesus. I thought one day I was living my best life too. Till it all come crumbling down. Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king horses and all the king men couldn't put Humpty back together again. But Jesus did it. That's a song. The Lord did it. That's a song. That's a song. Jesus did it. So we, our focus have to be on more than just right now and right. And I, I have to... I have to work on it, too, because things and stuff come in your mind and in your life to try to get you overwhelmed, get you anxious. You start you, you start wanting to go before God because, you know, you've seen a glimpse of what it is that God wants for you. So you start trying to make your way to it without consulting God. And it could be a little overwhelming or a little challenging sometimes. But we have to remain focused on heaven and understand that this is not our final destination it is not no matter how life no matter how good you think this life is this is not it and i just ask myself sometimes man when we live in our best life if this is really good man can you imagine what heaven must be like 
But we won't experience that if we're not serious about our relationship with God. We have to be serious. It says Matthew 6 and 19 through 21, it says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moth eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. And so we have to be careful about that. And that's why uh, I always tell young people, uh, I, I, I try to uh, share my experiences with, and I just shared with you guys, I got married when I was 19. And man, um, I thought, you know, uh, he was it as far as I was concerned. I mean, you know, you just couldn't tell me nothing. You know, and so whatever, if he told me the sky was purple, I believed that the sky was purple because he was it. But I did not realize until after uh, I got saved and God began to mature me that I allowed him to be my idol. And I always tell people, if you say, if you really love God, if you really, really love him, he's not going to let you create an idol in his face and not bring it down and so through the course of our 37 years almost uh uh-uh 38 38 38 38 years of marriage he he, he said you don't even know Uh, I know I got married at at, at 19 I've been married my whole adult life amen okay so that's a I'm, I'm 50 something so that's a whole lot of time amen so through the course of the years, we suffered some hardship and some heartache and some things happened in the marriage. And I, I began to understand what God was doing after the fact because he said, uh, he's your idol. And if you're going to serve me, you can't have him. We, it can't be two gods on the mantle. It's got to be me and nobody else. And so God will begin to pull that stuff down and cause, you know, to, to have me to see that he's human. And the only way that he can be anything to you is that he's first something to me. And so we have to understand that God wants our attention. He wants our focus. And so I try to tell young people that when they get married and they be designed to be married, I said, hey, you know, uh, and, and, and it's, a, it's a pretty crazy concept to try to wrap your head around. You need to be focused on God. Your man or your woman can't be your God because at some point in your life they're going to hurt you or they're going to fail you. And so God needs to be the anchor to hold you together because lord forbid if something happens you walking around here talking about uh, i i don't have no life or oh, i can't I, I i don't this life is not worth living because people do that but if you have something more than a man you will understand that life is still worth living and so i try to share that with young people but you know because we we be in this war we, it be burning us we don't really quite understand it, and we don't want to hear it. But you got to have Jesus as the anchor. I don't care how much you love them. I don't care how much they love you. If you don't have Jesus and if you're not focused on him, uh, things are going to happen because God want to get your attention. 
He wants you to know that he ain't really the stuff I am. He ain't really as good as you thought he was. Girl, look at me. And so he has a way of getting our attention. So we have to be careful uh, to keep our focus on God. God wants us to understand that don't get tied up in the stuff down here. Yeah, we love people. I love my husband, but I love God more. He knows that because he don't love me more than he loved God. And I'm glad about it. So in him loving God more than me, it causes me uh, not to get my way all the time. And sometimes I get a little upset because I won't, you know, sometimes you want what you want. But because I love God, he has the opportunity to talk to me. Sit down and shut your mouth. And I say, yes, sir. But I'm still upset, God. He said, I don't care, but sit down and hush. Because my focus is heaven. So we don't always get what we want down here. It's heaven. And I I believe that if this life is this good, man, heaven's got to be much more. And so I'm willing to sit down somewhere and be quiet and focus on what God has for me. We're talking about Jesus being our living example. And if we want to be an example and to follow his example and to be an example for others, these are some three key points that will help us and not to mess other people up. Because I'm telling you, church, we've been messing people up. Because people think our little raggedy lives is the right way, but it's not. It's not. People are thinking that we could do all of this stuff and still say we're serious about God, but you can't. Because I'm telling you, if every last one of us, if God would allow somebody, and most times he does, do us like we do him, oh, we would be so sad. And if you sit down long enough and listen, when you woeing about your little problem, like, oh, I can't believe they did this. Oh, I can't believe. If you listen long enough, he'll say, that's the same way you do me. Do you understand how I feel? That's what he's saying. If we listen, if we stop whining long enough and listen to him, he's saying, I feel that same way too. I understand your pain. I understand what you're going through. Because that's the same way you do me. We got to be serious about our relationship with God so that we can leave an example for somebody else. So it says that in Matthew 6 and 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. I have given us three major points as Jesus, our earthly example. And if we take these three points and apply them to our lives, we will begin to live as Christ did in the earth. Being godly examples to follow. It says, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11 and 1, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. All of us should be able to say that to somebody if we're saved.
Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. And it says, through his word and his perfect example, Jesus shows us how to live like him. We, too, should strive to be loving. If we take those three points and we apply them to our life, we would learn to be loving, compassionate, responsible, focused, dedicated, obedient, respectful, prayed up, serious, a hard worker, kind, thirsty for the word of God, humble, patient, concerned about others, living on purpose, following his will, content, smart, and forgiving. If we take those three points, then these other things will be able to flourish from our lives that we would be examples to those that we come in contact with. So in conclusion, Colossians 3 and 17 says it best. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Whatever we do, we should be an example, a representative of Christ, bringing him glory. Amen. We're all standing. And so I pray today that as we began this month talking about who Jesus is and uh, we began to look at his life and see him as an example for us in our lives and how God gave his only son for us that we might have the opportunity to live i pray that we take this man i i just pray that we take this and we allow god to begin to speak to our hearts and that we really look at our relationship with god and and just begin to do something different in our lives begin to do something different begin to do something different allow the lord to do something different in us we talked about in Sunday school that um, an elder said before that we would be amazed at the people that are connected to us. And then I begin to think about every Sunday we say at the end of the service, each one reaches one, each one reaches some, reaching the loss at all costs. And so when I reach you, you're going to reach somebody else and and not just one person but everybody that you reach it's like a network and people love network they'll join a group or a club for the network say yeah you know i'm gonna join this club because you know it's a good network because you know uh, uh you know if i'm a part of this I, I i you know it'll help me become this and that and that but the greatest network you could ever be a part of be in Jesus be in Jesus he will put you in contact with the right people he will put you at the right place at the right time people say oh you know you know it's hard for me you know to do that because you know uh, it's about who you know I said yep it's Jesus we were getting ready to PCS to 
Italy from Korea and everybody, you know, congratulating. Yeah, praise the Lord. I said, yeah, you know, it was our desire that we wanted to go to Europe one more time before he retired. And uh, they said, oh, but the only thing, you know, uh, about Italy, ain't a lot, lot of army jobs in Italy, you know, because we're going to Naples, land of the sea, you know, <laughs> the Navy and Marines. I, 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 I looked her in the eye and I said, you know what? All I need is one job. And I believe that the God that I serve got one job for me. That's all the network we need. And I got there and I just, hey, first thing first, we found us a church. And we always tell the kids wherever we would go say nothing changes about us but our address we still love God and we still going to serve him with all of our heart so we searched out and we found a church and we began to you know do what we do uh, to serve God whatever God would allow us to do and got a phone call one day said Miss Washington are you still interested in employment? Hey, yes, ma'am. Can you come see us? I sure will. Working for the Department of the Navy. You know, and anybody in civil service, they know that the different agencies, you know, they don't like people from the other agencies, but I just needed one job. Something that I had never done before. But I just needed one job. One job. I believed that my God was big enough. So the greatest network you could ever be a part of, be serious about Jesus. Because he will lead you and guide you to, in the right paths, talk to the right people. He would open doors that no man can open and close doors that no man can uh shut open he would open doors that no man can shut he would close them I, I know I, y'all don't and so if you want to be a part of something great get serious about Jesus if you want to see your life really transformed be serious about Jesus I'm telling you I'm telling you what I know I'm telling you what I know. He can transform us. And what I love about him, when the three Hebrew boys was thrown in the furnace, they came out. They didn't even look like they had been in the fire. Not only did they not look like it, but they didn't even have the smell of smoke. And that's what I love about God. If you really want to be transformed, he'll change you in such a way that folks will think you ain't never did nothing in your whole entire life. They'll say, man, you've been saved all your life. So now my testimony is something like Paul's. I was a chief sinner, but Jesus saved me. 
And when he saved me, I got serious. Not right away. But I kept finding myself in contact with people that kept influencing me in the right manner. And then one day, I just got tired of that life. Man, I'm telling you, the pressures of life, it'll make you get serious. And so I I come to encourage you on this morning. Let's get serious about God. There's so many people out here that really need an example. And we're going to be required of their blood on our hands when we stand before God of the example that we've set before them. And so I'm so glad you came this morning that you could be able to hear this word that Maybe perhaps tomorrow when you encounter somebody, you'll set a right example in your life and they, you know, we got to get serious. And I'm going to tell you, (laughs) salvation is just not for the old people. Man, I get so excited when young people... Uh, you know, they, they always talk about the millennials. You know, they say, y'all hard to reach. But I get so excited when I see young adults uh, being on fire for God. Do you know how many people that you can influence? All he needs is, brother, all he needs is you to get serious about Jesus. And not be ashamed. And allow uh, the, the excitement of Jesus to flow from your life do you understand how many people that you can influence that's all he need and he's looking for a nation of people so sis he, he want to save the Germans too as rigid and tight as they can be sometimes he want them to know him too All nations, all tongues. The Bible declares that said, at the name of Jesus, every tongue is going to confess. Every knee. French, Italian, German, Americans, Africans. Every tongue is going to confess that he is Lord. So let this be the Sunday that we get serious about him. Say, man, we tired of playing games. We finna be serious about this life. Because we got to teach our kids that Jesus was 12 when he was in the temple. So you ain't got to wait till you're 30. He wants the, the young and the old. Matter of fact, the young is better because, see, y'all have more strength. The 20 and the 30-year-olds, y'all don't get tired as fast as me and Bishop. 
You know, and it's just telling the truth. You know, he's done 23 years in the military. He's walking around every day, bone to bone. In pain every day. But he still will do the will of God. And some of us, we healthy, we, we, we full of vigor, and we got life for the night and life for the day. And we sit around and we do nothing for God. It's time to get serious. This is the month that we're going to celebrate our risen king. Let this not be just another April. Where on the third Sunday we're going to come and we're going to praise Jesus. Hey, he reigned. Oh, he rose from the dead. Oh, he. Let's be serious about what he has done so serious that we allow him to change our life whatever your issue is he can change it whatever it is you think it's grand I've been doing this all my life I don't think he could take this oh yeah He's not only can he do it, but guess what? He's standing waiting for you to give it to him. And it's not a magic show. We sang the song. I'm going to try, try, try. Delivered from the use of alcohol and drugs. I'm a witness. He can do it. He can do it. But every day I get up, I try. Because I understand that if I don't try, I'm subject to return. So I understand that my best life is tucked away in Jesus. Because if I don't stay in him, I'm going to return back to that life and I have no intentions of returning back to that once I have tasted of the goodness of God and so I encourage you today I pray the Lord Jesus Christ that this word today has touched your heart touch your life let us be serious about this life. It's more than just showing up on Sunday. Because if I said before, if somebody that I was serious about, if I only saw them once a week, I would have serious problems with them. But God loves us so much. That we come in week after week, one week, one day a week. And he says, man, I'm still longing for you. Man, I'm still waiting on that call. Man, I'm still waiting on that text from you. I keep looking at my phone every night expecting to hear from you. I keep uh, 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 counseling, canceling my appointments because I'm thinking you're going to show up one day. That's the kind of love that he has for us.
he's ready to be serious with us. He's already proven it that he sent his son. Now he's waiting on us to be serious with him. He said, I'm still waiting on you. After all this time, I'm still waiting on you. See, he won't receive us like I received Bishop with fussing and saying, oh, I'm so glad you showed up today. I was waiting on you. I knew you would come today. The Bible says that he loves us with an everlasting love. Jesus. Let's be serious about him. Let's be serious about him. Let's be serious about him. There's so many people walking around in this community. And you talk to them and you witness to them say, I know God. But are you serious about him? Let's be serious as we celebrate the risen king. Let's not be like the the, the Sadducees and the Jews and the priests. They said, oh, Hosanna, Hosanna. And the very next week, they said, crucify him. Let's be serious about our Lord. And we show him that we're serious by how we respond to his love. How are we going to respond today? How are we going to respond to him? We invite you today to the altar. I want you to come, but I don't want you to just come. Man, I don't want you to just come. I'd rather for you to stay at your seat if you're going to be serious about him. I I don't want this to be an emotional thing. I don't want this to be about a, 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 a physical But I want this to be about something that God is doing on the inside of you. We can pray with you. We can lay hands on you. But at the end of the day, when you get up in the morning, you have got to make a decision that, God, I'm still serious about you. So if you want to come to the altar, I welcome you. But I don't want it to be about just, ah. I want a month from now or two months from now to see you learning and growing. I want to see that you're serious about God. And it's not about showing me, but I'm going to see because we, we work it out physically here. And God sees us. He sees our commitment.
He sees our heart. And so if you want to come up, I, I, I ask you to come, but don't let it be just because you're feeling a little some kind of way right now. You, you're feeling touched. You're feeling like, man, this is something that I should do. And then tomorrow you, you find yourself, ah. Let's walk this thing out, guys. It's time. We got a whole community of people that we got to reach. And if we're not serious, how can somebody else be serious about him? Let's do this. Let's do this. And the Bible says that we are going to do greater works than Jesus. If we get serious about him and allow him to, his life to be an example to us, he was just one person walking along the earth. Can you imagine just what the people in this room, the impact of the people in this room, it might seem like it's few, but the impact of the people in this room, if we all got serious about God, do you understand the damage that we would do to the enemy? Man, if we just got serious and everybody in this room brought five people, we'd be packed. It's time, guys. It's time. We got to stop showing up and show up. And really be serious about God. Come gather your seed that is being delivered Sunday after Sunday. Put it in your pouch and go out and release your seed into the earth. And let's get serious about Jesus on our jobs do people know we even saved around our friends do they know we know jesus do we talk about him do we act like him let's be serious sometimes in our own home people don't even know let's be serious about jesus And we bless God for the word of God.